Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, I hope that you had a good holiday, man. It's been a little while since we last talked, but there was a dead period there, so I think you and I both use it as a as a time to get some much needed R and R, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And um, with all the traveling that I do throughout the year, it was nice for Christmas. We did not travel, which was absolutely awesome. Just hung out with with um, my wife and my two kids, and you know our situations are. I have family. The majority of my family lives in Philadelphia. My wife has family. Her, her dad lives in Florida. Her mom lives in Georgia. So. Usually on holidays, we end up traveling, which is a pain in the butt, especially when you have uh, younger kids. But we didn't do that, which was great. How about yours? Nice. No, it was good. Just a soft family. Same thing. Kind of, you know, st- stuck around it as much as we could. And now that there's the new year, going to get right back into it. And the dead period, is it officially over with right now, Don, uh, as, as we record on, on this Sunday? No, it is. Um, I believe it ends... On Thursday or Friday, I believe the coaches can go on the road this coming Friday, and then obviously they'll definitely be able to host official visitors uh, starting next weekend. But yeah, so we're right now we're in the dead period, and a lot of this is be, yep because of the holidays necessarily, but the um, the major national coaching conventions going on, and the NCAA allows the coaches to spend that time with other coaches at the convention without. Uh, having to worry about being on the road and everything. So it just makes it simple, make a dead period. You can't go on the road. So it kind of forces, well, forces allows the uh, coaches going to the national convention, which is a huge, huge, huge event for anybody who's uh, involved in, in coaching. You know about this plenty. All right. Well, even though there was a dead period, Don, you still provided the Inside Carolina Tar Pit Premium Message Boards with a big time scoop that was posted last week, about Wednesday, I think it was. So for the podcast listeners, let's just kind of cover that in general, because I think the major thing, Don, was kind of confirming what we saw a lot of our message board posters talk about after the early signing day is that with the remaining number of kids that that UNC will take in this class. And I I feel that that's kind of up in the air right now, but it looks as if the staff is really trying to target those defensive players. Do you think that that's fair to to say uh, based upon what you reported in in the scoop there? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, and the the scoop covers all this. There will be some, um, I guess, uh, flirtations with offensive linemen and, and receivers and, and just kind of see, you know, what uh, what potentially is out there, what, what can spark an interest. But really, the vast majority of the recruiting efforts by North Carolina for the home stretch of the 2019 class is going to be on the defensive players, uh, particularly, you know, I mean, really all, all three main positions, defensive line, linebacker and defensive back. And our scoop that we posted last Wednesday, you know, the the um, you know on the second, the day after for, uh, the New Year's Day, um, includes a breakdown of the entire situation, which recruits are going to be um, going to be, I guess, uh, guys that you need to keep your eye on. Uh, UNC offered a couple of guys over the the holiday break. 
uh, you know, where uh, where those guys are at, how interested they are in North Carolina. A lot of new names on there. So if you want to get kind of a primer for what to expect for the next few weeks as we lead up until uh, February signing period, this is this is a great first stop. I mean, obviously there'll be new names added between now and then, but uh, I, I believe this is going to be form the basis of what recruits you need to worry about. You, you read the scoop. Uh, I'm sure you probably read it the day we posted it. What was the most interesting thing that you took away from it? So one of the most interesting things I thought were the trio of, of defensive backs is Xavier Abalos, DeAndre Dansbury, and then Tavian Mayo. Because, you know, with the defensive back and the secondary position, Don, that was one that I thought Carolina might be done at that unless if someone like Anthony Harris were to switch his, his pledge from Tennessee to Carolina. So the fact that those three guys are are looks like they're you know giving consideration to Carolina as well. That's what kind of stood out for me because, like I said, I thought that UNC would be done at that spot. You know, were you at all kind of surprised when, when those three total names popped up for for that position? Not really, and the reason why is that before Mac Brown became North Carolina's head coach, Larry Fedora had secured commitments from. Five defensive backs. Now, a lot of, well, three of those guys actually, um, you know, eventually were, you know, decommitted for various reasons, uh, which left them with two. And then right before the the December signing period, UNC picked up a uh, verbal commitment from Obi Ekbona uh, to bring it to three. So there's definitely a needed defensive back. Uh, from what I was hearing, they were probably not going to go after five total, but I don't think that that's. That's definite set in stone numbers wise. I mean, I think they could uh, could eventually have a class on in February with five defensive backs. But I think don't look at the you know those three new names and think okay they're going to try to land all three. I mean, the, the thought process is especially this late in the game where you're trying to get in with a guy and trying to figure out you know um, where your chances are with with particular guys. You want to kind of you throw a bunch of different uh, strings out there to see, you know, you know, what bites you're going to get. And this is a situation where they're just kind of seeing, okay, we're really interested in you. We're really interested in you. We're really interested in you. Which ones are inter- most interested? Uh, which guys are we? Let us do a little bit more research to see if the personality matches up to see um, you know, what your coaches are saying, what your teachers are saying and everything like that. And some of that stuff helps kind of eliminate guys. But um, you know, so I expect some additions to DB Anthony Harris, who is covered at length in that post, um, who's been committed to Tennessee, a four-star safety. Um, you know, he's definitely in the running. He's one that already has a scholarship offer from North Carolina. Uh, those three guys you mentioned don't yet, but uh, UNC is interested enough to talk to these guys about uh, p- potential official visit dates in this month. So, um so yeah, so 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 they're definitely guys to definitely keep track of. And then one name that we talked about before the signing period happened last month was Ray Vohasic, the defensive line, the JUCO player. You know, things are, I guess are still kind of moving in, in his direction. Don Carolina seemed like they were treading water with him a little while during the staff changes. Do you expect his recruitment to kind of pick back up a little bit now that Mac and his staff have? kind of gotten back on him and it looks like opened those lines of communications once again. Yeah. As long as North Carolina feels like it needs 
experienced depth along the defensive line. I think Vohasek is going to be someone that UNC is going to go after. And he really liked North Carolina. Um, had Fedora not been terminated during the weekend of his official visit, I think Vohasek, there was a very good chance he would end up in North Carolina. I don't think he was ever truly entertaining the idea of signing in December. I think he was going to wait out until February just to see what options he has. Because uh, his options are all over the place. I mean, right now, his main three schools are North Carolina, Oregon State, and Kansas. You can't really get more diverse than than those three programs um, as far as you know, the conference, the location, the type of school, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's uh, kind of all over the map and, and nowhere near where he lives in Chicago. So, um, but yeah, so I think as long as North Carolina feels that need, I think he's an option and I think he's a legitimate option. All right, and then to go ahead and close out this first segment, Don, and as kind of a preview to to everyone listening, Don and I will be interviewing a very special guest in the second part of this podcast, someone who watched UNC quarterback commit Sam Howell at the All-American practices and at the game. So I very much encourage everyone to to stick around to listen to that perspective coverage that you're only going to get here on Inside Carolina. But... To go ahead and kind of wrap up our talk, Don, let's discuss Darnell Wright. He is the five-star offensive lineman. And when you and I talked about him prior to the December signing day, you know, we both were, just to be honest, very down on UNC's chances. Um, neither of us really thought that Carolina would end up being one of the players in his recruitment down towards a stretch. But then in a recent interview, he actually named Carolina, I think, as his co-leader, if I remember correctly. So, you know, what's kind of changed and what's going on with his recruitment at this point? Well, that story you're referencing came from USA Today, which is a reputable, um, you know, it's a a great longstanding publication. Um, But they don't dip into recruiting as often. I don't know what happened during the conversation with between the the writer and Darnell Wright, but the the story does not match up with what Darnell has been saying all week long. He's in he's um he's playing in in uh, one of the uh, one of the All American games, so he's you know a lot of a lot of different reporters are getting a lot of access to him that they normally wouldn't uh, unless they would travel to West Virginia, his high school in West Virginia. Um, but if you read any of the, and there's been a bunch of them, any of the articles by Rivals or 24-7 Sports, they all paint a completely different picture. The picture that we've been talking about for months with uh, Darnell Wright is that uh, you know Tennessee is the, is the team to beat. Um, now, he won't come out and completely say that, but he'll say that he definitely has a strong affinity for Tennessee. And um, North Carolina is definitely in it. North Carolina is in the conversation to get an official visit. Um, as is West Virginia, which is the other co-leader who's, you know, I think it's more of a because it's a local school. Um, and there's a couple of schools that are involved. I think Georgia and I think he has some, a little bit of interest in Southern Cal and a couple of other schools. But really, just to kind of I, I think if you followed his recruitment, you know that Tennessee is definitely a very, very, very strong player. Just to kind of give you an example of, of what you're kind of dealing with with him is uh, just bef- the weekend before the dead period. He was scheduled to take an official visit to Georgia. He canceled that visit to take an unofficial, I mean a paid visit that he had to pay out of his pocket to bring his mom back down to, to uh, Tennessee. So 
you kind of, if you, and, and there's tons of examples of this. I think Tennessee is, is the school, Tennessee, North Carolina are two schools. I believe he has visited more than any other. Um, and, and one of the reasons why it comes down to North Carolina so much is because he's close with uh, Billy Ross, um, the UNC offensive lineman. But uh, the thing that he has, or the, 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 I guess the, the ace in the hole that Tennessee has is his high school football coach is a huge Tennessee fan. And if those who remember Billy Ross's recruitment, that was Tennessee was also the the main challenger for uh, for Billy Ross between you know between Tennessee and North Carolina, and uh, it actually came down to those two schools, and a lot of it was because his coach was constantly in his ear for Tennessee. Now um, it seems like Darnell has taken to Tennessee a lot more um, than than Billy did, um, and and it just uh, if you just look at all everything other than that USA Today article says it's going to be Tennessee. And so I'm going to go with, uh, you know, rivals and 24-7 sports over a national newspaper. And it's nothing against USA Today. You know, I, I don't uh, I don't get my weather from Fox News or CNN. I get my weather from <laughs> WREL. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those yeah. sort of mentalities. So is it kind of a, a situation then, Don, where, you know, as a UNC fan, Unless if he does end up taking that official visit to Chapel Hill, this is still one that, you know, maybe keep an eye on, but avoid getting expectations up for for his potential coming to to Chapel Hill. From my understanding, everything I've heard, unless something crazy happens at Tennessee, he's going to end up at Tennessee. The best North Carolina can hope for at this point is to get him on campus again for an official visit. And I just don't think that it's going to matter all that much, even if he officially visits North Carolina, because I think that, you know, this is just a foregone conclusion. And every day this kid is, you know, I'm sure is being taught, is hearing about Tennessee from, from his coach. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's go ahead then, Don, and take a quick commercial break. And when we get back, as I mentioned earlier, we will be speaking with a very special guest about Sam Howell. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan. And as I mentioned before we went to break, we are joined by a very special guest. So, Don, I'm going to let you do the intro for this one. Well, we have uh, Steve Wiltfong, who is the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports. So he's almost as high as it gets at 24-7 Sports. So uh, I really appreciate, uh, Steve, you being on the podcast with us uh, this morning. John and Don, thanks for having me on. Good morning. Well, good, we, uh, morning. good morning. Good morning. So the main reason why we wanted to have you on was uh, to talk about Sam Howe, North Carolina's four-star quarterback signee who will be actually enrolling at North Carolina pretty shortly. So from what you observe from him in practice and just in general, you know, on film and, and any other events, I'm sure you've seen him at plenty. What type of player is North Carolina gaining in, uh, in Sam Howe? Well, extremely confident. I've seen Sam Howe at several events, like you said, but let's just get right to the all American game. His last statement before he gets to North Carolina, he completes 11 of 13 passes for, he was like 167 yards couple touchdowns, um, had a, a tremendous touchdown run. Um, so I, I think that when Graham Mertz won the MVP through five touchdown passes, he was 7 of 14. I can make an argument that Sam Howe was the best quarterback in the game. And what we saw from him, his ability to extend plays and, and be a playmaker at the position, he has an exciting future at North Carolina and can immediately push that room in year one, which I think they're expecting him to at Chapel Hill. 
With these All-American all games, Steve, it's it's kind of one of those things where the game is what I feel most fans watch and try to get takeaways from. But it's been kind of told to me through Dawn and, and, and other recruiting gurus that it's the practices that actually mean way more. So were you there to watch Sam during some of the practices, and how did he look in those situations? Yeah, I was here in San Antonio all week for practice, and, and again, he, he was he was strong in practice as well. He's he's a guy that's always looking downfield, looking to make the big play, a guy that's accurate on the move, and he and he's a smooth passer that's uh, you know, fundamentally sound getting it out. He's going to come in as ready as any freshman at the position in, in the country to compete for that job. And then how how did he look compared to the other guys? Because you know there were some elite quarterbacks there at this year's All American game. Would, would you say that you know he he held his own, or did he even outshine a, a few of them? Well, I think he put himself in the discussion, which he's always been this entire cycle as as one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He had an amazing high school football career at Sun Valley, throwing for over thirteen thousand yards. Rushing for over 3,000 with over 200 combined touchdowns. The state of North Carolina's all-time total yardage leader. Um, he came down and, and showed why the high school football game was pretty easy for him this week in San Antonio. Obviously, all the other camps I had seen him in were seven-on-seven seven settings or shorts and t-shirt settings where he's been good. Here, full pads, 11-on-11 pass rush coming after him. Some of the best pass rushers in the country. He's getting out of the pocket, eluding those guys and making plays on the move, running people over, breaking tackles in the secondary. Uh, he, he weighed in at 230 pounds. Uh, he's a load to get on the carpet in, in the open field. and, and uh, He's not going to look like Lamar Jackson running the football, but um, with his strength and power, he's going to be tough to get down to. Now, at North Carolina, I think a very, very strong argument can be made that the biggest problem the past few seasons is UNC's inability to find a adequate successor to Mitch Trubisky. So the quarterback competition for North, at North Carolina is pretty wide open. You've touched on Hal's readiness a couple of times, uh, but can you kind of just address how, how ready do you feel like, how much of a, a uh, player will he be in North, North Carolina's uh, quarterback competition from your perspective? Well, you guys know that depth chart better than me. I just I just kind of know the names. You know, I know that. Um, he he broke Chaz Surratt's record, right? And he's back in the room this year, right? Mm-hmm. You got Jace, you got Jason Reuter from uh, Kansas, Kansas, who's got some in- intriguing upside, and then you have the returning starter, right, who struggled. So there'll be there'll be some guys for him there, but I think that he walks in with the most intriguing upside and and, and probably the most talented guy. But there's more to playing quarterback than trait, and, and we'll see how. Sam digests um, North Carolina's playbook and, and how how he does against opposing defenses in the ACC. But uh, I would think that he's got as good a chance as any true freshman to win the job going into uh, this situation. And you just said a very key point there, Steve, where there's a lot more to quarterback, you know, than just arm strength and, and things like that. And one of those key components is, I feel, leadership. Did you see Sam kind of display his ability to be a leader both on and off the fields during this week of practice and then during the game? Well, I just think he's confident in himself um, and he's not scared, again, as evident in, in the game. Uh, he was one of the best players. Um, 
in Saturday's ball game on NBC. And, and so I think that he's going to come into North Carolina expecting to be QB1. Um, and beyond that, I, I can't speak on his leadership skills or, or whatever, but I, I do think he's very confident in himself and always has been. And then what about his ability to fit into that air raid style that Phil Longo is going to be bringing to UNC this year? Um, How do you see his talents kind of just molding with what's going to be expected of him at that quarterback position? Well, I think he's got a shot to be terrific again. um, As he's shown, he can make things happen on the move and he likes to get the ball downfield. Um, and, he, and he can run it a little bit himself. And you look at North Carolina's class and how they close. They they snagged a couple of receivers that can really run too, in Caffrey Brown and, and Emory Simmons. And then the offensive tackle Tristan Miller uh, had a tremendous senior year at Charlotte County Day. So those are four guys, the the four jewels of the class that uh, Coach Longo I, I think has will have a lot of long term success with uh, on offense in Chapel Hill. And then if you can remember, Steve, during the the whole week, was there one kind of highlight play that you recall that will stick with you about Sam Howell? I think it was his run in the second half of the All-American Bowl, getting, you know, getting loose down the sideline, uh, making, I believe it was Daxton Hill, five-star safety miss, uh, um, and uh, uh, getting barreling into the end zone. Um, I think that that run by Sam Howe is something that will stand out to me uh, from that game. He made a lot of plays, though. All right. That sounds good. Well, um, that was about all that, that I had. And, Steve, I really appreciate your perspective from watching him. You know, Don, did you have any final questions for Steve here? No, no. Steve covered it tremendously. Um, so I really appreciate it. Especially I was really interested in the uh, the leadership, the presence aspect that he was, that he was talking about. Because I think that's one of the main things that – that you can't see on TV, but when you're around there, all, especially all week long, and you see him interact with with the players and on the field and 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 even off the field, um, I think that's really really key, and that's something that that uh, will help him um, help Sam Howe throughout his his uh, college career. Yeah, absolutely, awesome, guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thank you, Steve. Have a good one and safe travels back home. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Yep. yep. Happy New Year. You too. All right, let's take a very quick commercial break, and then when we get back, Don, let's you and I just break down what Steve said very quickly, and then we'll go ahead and wrap the podcast. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Don Callahan. And now we're going to be discussing what we just heard from Steve Wiltfong, the 247 head recruit analyst, I think is what he his, his title was, Don. Um, I can't Director of recruiting. That's it. Um, and his observations on Sam Howell. And, you know, look, I mean, I understand that in, in Steve's position, he has to be very measured with his words. Um, and that just comes with, with his job title and, and the nature of it. But I will say is if, you know, what I got the sense on is I think if Steve, he could have talked a long time about the positives that he observed from Sam Howell. That's the sense that I got. What about you? Yeah, I mean, um, I was actually, especially right off the bat when he was describing Sam and, and some of the things he said and, and how he felt like, um, you know, he had one of the better, if not the best performance of the game. Um, I, UNC fans listen to this podcast, and I'm assuming the majority of people listen to this podcast are UNC fans, although I'm sure there's some NC State fans out there um, that are listening <laughs> to us. 
But uh, they got to be happy. As soon as I mean, as soon as I heard that, I mean, I was like, wow. I mean, that's that's pretty high praise. What what he's saying. Um, and to be completely honest and um, as forthcoming as possible, uh, it, it was kind of a self serving sort of uh, ho- uh, sort of guess for for me. To be honest with you, uh, I was <laughs> I only ca- I caught the last uh, I caught the the second half and and the the last half of the second quarter. Uh, my son had a basketball game. I rushed home as quickly as possible to uh, to watch it. I'm going to try to to watch the entire game later on this afternoon. But uh, so there was some some parts I didn't see, and I, I did see the touchdown run. And when we were talking about highlights, as soon as you asked that question, that's the play that popped in my mind. I actually sent a tweet out right afterwards, uh, just because I felt like it, that was that was a situation where he could have stepped out at any point to uh, kind of end the play. But he wanted to score that touchdown bad. He put a nice little, little uh, stop move on on a guy and and bolted into the end zone, broke broke a tackle uh, beforehand and everything. So, um, I mean that that just speaks of his determination. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was really uh, it was really good to hear about his presence because I feel like for the recruiting analyst, one of the things that uh, actually being there as opposed to just watching on TV, the main thing that you can get is seeing how these guys act and you know uh, how they get along with the other team teammates um, and how the other players look at him and, and interact with him and that sort of thing. And I think with it's other positions is important, but it's extremely important with the quarterback position. And I think that if you already have that presence about you, which I believe I've been around Sam, uh, you know, a bunch, you know, uh, the Shrine Bowl week a couple weeks ago, uh, different camps. Uh, I've been to his high school multiple times, um, so I've seen that presence before, and I've seen how how um, you know his teammates always kind of look to him. And even at the Shrine Bowl, I mean, I you know he definitely was the leader there, and you know a lot of the players looked up to him and, and kind of felt like, okay, you know we can we can put the game on his shoulders and 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 he'll he'll make something happen. So it was good to to hear that in a even bigger setting such as the the All-American Bowl where you have you know players from diverse backgrounds and also some of the elite of the elite uh having a same sort of um experience in in that sort of environment w- was pretty big and Steve even said that even though the other quarterback whose name escapes me right now it starts with an M even though he had the five touchdown passes and and was named the MVP Steve said that you could make the argument that Sam was actually the better quarterback. And that's based upon the fact that Sam had more passing yards when he came in. I think Sam looked very poised and that's got to be just a massive positive for every UNC fan to hear right there. I I do think though, um, you know, Don, I don't want to act like, you know, Sam is the second coming here. I think that the, that everything that, that we're hearing shows that, he is going to be the type of player that it could potentially come in and start for the heels as a freshman. But it's still going to be difficult for him, I feel, just to get used to to college like it is for every freshman. I think the major takeaway is that Carolina signed a quality player here, someone that could be their quarterback, their, their number one guy moving forward. But at the bottom line, he is someone that, Everyone expects to push Cade Fortin and Jace Reuter and whoever else is in that that QB room moving forward and really just make the position stronger as a whole just by him being there in his presence. Yeah, and I think the thing is is that 
with any recruit, you're going to have uh, busts. You're going to have guys who don't live up to potential for whatever reason. It could be injury. It could be something personal. It can be just they don't get it, whatever it is. So there's no guarantees in this game whatsoever. But when you talk about adding a quarterback to this class, I don't think that there is a quarterback out there who would have been a better fit for North Carolina than Sam Howe from his athletic ability to where he's from to everything um, and to, you know, the things that he's done in the state of North Carolina as far as breaking records and his reputation and, um, and all that sort of stuff. And so to add a guy like that is just, uh, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a grand slam for sure. Um, and I, I'm just interested to see how the, the quarterback competition is going to play out. I'm not going to come out and say, I think Sam Howell is going to start or, or whatever. Um, because I don't, I, I really don't know. And, uh, you know, you do have Fortin who, who looked good at times last year. You have, um, Jace Reuter, who I think, um, I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of feel like just from the little bit that I saw of him and, and Greg and, and Buck are going to be better people to talk to you about this, but I, I feel like he, he has a role in the offense. I don't know if it's as a starting quarterback. Um, then also you have, um, you have Nate Elliott you know, who, has been there and and will at least at the very least provide some um some some leadership you know and, he, and he's a guy he's actually probably the perfect backup because I don't think he's a guy that's going to create any sort of uh, division um and I think he's going to be a good team member and he's going to be a guy who if something happens and you need to throw him in there he's going to be uh he's going to be ready to play which is which is really all you can ask for from a from a backup but I think there's a lot in there it's going to be a really interesting competition and I think that Sam is definitely going to be a player in it um, I, and just as everybody listening here I'm really interested to see who ends up coming out the victor it is going to be the hot topic of spring ball and really every probably moment of, of Carolina football fans until the actual season starts against South Carolina but Don I feel that we've hit about everything that we can for this one so unless if you got anything else, I'd say let's go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's get on with our Sunday. Let's do All that. All right. Sounds good. Well, have a good one, Don, and uh, good luck to your Philadelphia Eagles, who I think play later on today, right? <laughs> they, they do play later on today. There you I'll go. T- All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.